What is up, plant people? Happy New Year. I hope you're having a good one so far. It is apparently 2020, which doesn't make any sense because it was just 1995, which I'm pretty sure is also a thing that old people say. So, spoilers, I'm an old people these days. I've got a great episode for you today that I will tell you all about in just a minute, right after we do a little bit of housekeeping. So the first thing I want to ask you for is new ideas. What would you like to hear from Planthropology in 2020? Do you want specific guests? Are there topics we can cover? Are there things that we're not doing that you would like to hear us do? A new song, a new anything else? Um, let us know. Let me know. Send me an email at planthropologypod at gmail.com. Connect with me on social media. Just get in touch however you can and let me know things that I can do better. Also, reviews and ratings help a lot. So whether you are following us on social or on any of your favorite podcast apps or even uh, Podchaser, which is an online, they don't have an app yet, they need to but they don't yet. But if you're following us on Podchaser, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, or anywhere else, leave us a rating and leave us a review. Let me know how we can do better. That is what I want to do. I want this to be the best show it can be, and your help is necessary for that. So the second thing I want to talk about is a friend of mine who's starting a new show at South Plains College, which is not here, far from here, at Texas Tech, called Catabolic Conversations. That's coming out of their biology department, and it'll have a lot to do with their curriculum, the things they do but my friend Kristen and uh, a co-host are starting this show and I think it actually comes out or the trailer episode the preview episode comes out today I believe so I'll link to that in the show notes but check that out is catabolic conversations you can find them on Instagram Twitter Facebook and all kinds of other places so be excited about that I think it's going to be a really great show So the next thing, um, I was having a conversation with my wife one time about uh, potentially having to censor this show at some point. I kind of think censorship is lame and, you know, having to take out stuff or bleep stuff is it kind of ruins the whole feel of the show. But since this is semi officially for, um, you know, this university and I want families to be able to listen to this together, I had to come up with a way to um, censor the podcast in the eventuality that someone said a bad word on the show. Now, this does come up this episode, and it wasn't like a real bad word, and I even just thought about leaving it in as is. But when we were talking about this, my wife, Alana, came up with the very best idea that instead of bleeping it or just cutting or making an awkward cut to cut out whatever word is said, I should dub over it with the name of a plant that sounds similar to the word that was said. So that's what I did, and I was really, like, irrationally excited to get to do it on this episode. That's probably silly, but it's the small things in life, right? So uh, there is one word that is edited in this episode, and I promise you will know it when you hear it. So get excited about that. I just didn't want you to be surprised by a weird plant name in the middle of a sentence somewhere during this episode. So just so you know, that's what that is. On to today's program. So today is Tuesday... January 7th, 2020, if you're keeping score. And I talked to Hallie Casey, who's a friend of mine and who is the host of the One to Grow On podcast and an agriculturist down in Central Texas. Now, I got the opportunity to be on Hallie's show on uh, One to Grow On a few months ago, and I really enjoyed it. I found it, I think, I don't actually remember how I found the show, but I got into it and I really, really have enjoyed it. It's one of my favorites that I listen to every week. 
So Hallie is very knowledgeable about agriculture and plants. She studied at uh, Texas State University here in Texas and has been to UC Davis in California for her master's degree. Very well educated and very well versed in agriculture. Want to Grow On is a podcast where they dig into questions about agriculture and try to understand how food production impacts us and our world. So food farmers, agriculture, and you. It's a great show. If you haven't heard it, you need to jump into it. But I had a great conversation with Hallie about everything from um, learning about plants and the different things that we study in the field and the different ways we get into it to gatekeeping in academia and just overall, just some ideas and thoughts about science communication. It's a great show. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting with Hallie about this, and I think you're going to love it too. So with no more delay, Here's episode five of Planthropology with Hallie Casey from the One to Grow On podcast. All right. I'm here with Hallie Casey today, and uh, Hallie is the host of the One to Grow On pod, or one of the hosts, I guess, for the One to Grow On podcast. I'm going to assume the uh, brainchild behind it. Um, How are you today? (laughs) I am doing really well. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Um, So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about like, you know, how you got into... Well, I, I think we'll work up to it, but because I, I love your podcast, I've been you know a big fan of it, and I was excited to be on it a few weeks ago. But um, I'm just I'm curious what what got you here, how you got into agriculture, what was your what's your life been like? Well, I don't know. It's been kind of a twisted journey for me. I'm definitely not the stereotypical like grew up on a farm and then went into agriculture. I grew up in the city of Austin, uh, but I did grow up you know, having access to land. My grandparents had a ranch. um, And so I was, you know, out there all the time visiting and, you know, jumping over fences and running around in the creek and all that stuff. Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... In here in Austin, I joined 4-H uh, in middle school. I actually was homeschooled, and so 4-H was very helpful for me. Um, it, it just makes it a lot easier to do a lot of after-school activities if you can incorporate it as a nonprofit. So a lot of like the things we wanted to do would just be like put under the umbrella of 4-H, so it was technically a nonprofit. Um, but I got I just got more interested in the organization beyond just like the things that we were doing in in history and and forestry and and we were doing some stuff in uh, in like citizenship and like being active politically um, and I I just got more interested in the organization and so I got involved at a county level and then I got involved at a district and national level and. The, this whole time I was doing 4-H and I was not doing anything related to agriculture <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys know this, but you can do like drama in 4-H and you can write a record book about how you did a play or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's interesting because I, you know, I, I spent some time in extension and my personal 4-H responsibilities were pretty small. I would do some programs with them. I, I think I, I coached the photography kids that did a photography project and a few other things. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, but then you talk to someone about 4-H and they're like, oh, so you've got a pig. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, no, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. So I did, I did that all throughout middle school and high school. And then going into high school, I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with record books. And my parents were like, no, you have to do record books every year. And so I, I did my record books every year and 
when you're a senior in 4-H, at least in Texas, if you do your record books your sophomore and senior, no, your junior and senior year, uh, then you're eligible for certain scholarships. Right. And so I, it's just like one form and you just kind of apply and they apply you to like 10 different scholarships. And I got one um, from the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which was very generous. But there was like the caveat of, but you have to study agriculture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah. And I was like, not interested, but I was like, whatever. I mean, I do need, you know, money to go to college. So maybe I'll study something I really care about. And then I'll just also get an ag degree so I can keep the scholarship. And pretty quickly after like my first or second semester, I realized I was not interested in getting this other degree and I just dropped it and just just did ag from that point out. That's cool. So what um, like specifically, what did you study in agriculture? Because that's it's kind of a big field, right? There's a lot you can do. Yeah, definitely. So my degree is in agribusiness with a concentration in horticulture from Texas State University, which is kind of a unique degree plan. Um, They have a straight agribusiness degree and then they have a concentration in horticulture and then a concentration in ag systems. And for me, that was perfect. It's I think it's a degree that's really well constructed because you get all of this like accounting and, you know, agricultural finance management and all of these different things that are really practical. But you also can do the fun things that also make you super employable. But having that like finance and business background really gave me an edge when I was entering the business market. And I was not interested in the business classes, but it was like the only plant degree offered at my school. Right. So I want to take all the plant classes and they're like, okay, you can do that, but you also have to take accounting. And I was like, ugh. but it was, it ended up being really, really useful for me. Oh, for sure. And you know, that's interesting. Cause like my, um, my background, my undergrad from Texas A&M is in, uh, landscape design. I mean, it's in horticulture, but I actually have a bachelor of arts in horticulture uh-huh. instead of bachelor of science. And so wow. they would let us like study landscape design or floral design or, you know, whatever else with some of the more creative fields in, in horticulture. Right. But the, again, the caveat was, okay, but you've got to get a business minor. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, you know, I dragged myself out of bed to go to finance at 8 a.m. and just <laughs> hated every second of it. But it, it, like you say, it has been very useful. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you uh, you get your degree um, from Texas State, and that is that in the uh, where is that in Texas? That's in San Marcos. San Marcos. So it's okay. on the thirty five corridor, just north of San Antonio, South Austin. Okay, cool. So yeah, Central Texas Hill Country kind of area. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful little town. Oh yeah, oh I love that part of the state for sure. Uh, you know, we're up here in the flatlands where mm-hmm. you can watch your dog dog run away for two days, and uh, um, it's it's yeah, I, I like any exchange any. Uh, excuse and any chance to get down to that part of the state and you know uh, find a winery and pretend like I live somewhere where there's trees yeah 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 (laughs) Um, so okay then you ended up in California is that correct yeah so I graduated from Texas State and I don't know like I loved agriculture but I was I mean I was definitely coming at it with a unique background and I was a bit of a nerd because I was so excited about it. And so I remember one of my classes, this is so embarrassing. (laughs) One of my classes, it was my entomology class, um, which was like a junior level class. And it's, if anyone's taken entomology, it's a real pain in the asparagus in terms of classes. Like it's a, it's an obnoxious class. It can be very interesting, but it is a lot of work. (laughs) And it's just, it's a lot of information that's like very isolated from all the rest of your classes because it's like a whole different taxa and it's like a whole different identification system. And it's like, 
it's it's te- it is related and it is useful, but it's like just a lot of like new information. And so we had this massive textbook that was just huge. And the first day of class, my entomology professor got up there and he was like, look, the textbook looks really big. It's very intimidating. I don't expect you to read it all. I mean, Hallie, I know you will, but the rest of (laughs) y'all. Had you pegged, right? Like, Yeah, I was such a nerd in college. I was just so excited about everything I was learning. And so by the time I graduated, I was not done learning. I really wanted to keep learning. And so I started applying to grad schools and I was looking around and I was actually talking to a couple of folks up at Montana. I was thinking I would go there, but my parents were like, well, if you're going to apply to grad school, you might as well apply to like the best one. What's the best one? And I was like, oh, it's in California or Wisconsin. And so I applied to both Madison and Davis. Okay. Um, kind of just on an off chance. I wasn't talking to any professors out there and I just happened to to be let in. And so I went out and visited the campus and I loved it. It was a really, it was like very much my scene. I love to bike and I love, you know, I don't, it's, it's just this beautiful, huge Quercus, uh, super trees, which is the cork oak. And like Davis really prioritizes their trees as like a town. So I was all about it because I love trees and I love biking. And so I went there and I was like, yeah, this is, this is where I want to go. So I ended up, I went out there and I got my master's in international agricultural development. Um, And I did my thesis actually in New Mexico. So after I did my thesis out in California, uh, or after I did my thesis in New Mexico and I graduated from Davis, I got invited by one of the organizations I was working with in New Mexico to come out and work there. So from my master's, I then went out to New Mexico to do some extension work. Oh, awesome. And extension such a, you know, I think we... You know, maybe our experience in extension was probably a little bit different, but I think there's some things that... It's just such an interesting field, but it's also such an exhausting, like, that's what I found anyway. Like, I <clears throat> like I loved it. I loved, I spent four years as a, a horticulture agent here in Lubbock before I uh-huh. took this job. And it was like, I enjoyed it. I loved everything I was doing. But, you know, I would look at my watch at like 8 p.m. on a Thursday and I'd be just like cleaning up a, a pile of cookies from a program I did or something like that. Right. I'd be like oh my gosh, this is, this is eating me alive, you know? Yeah, no, it's a lot. And where I was at in extension, it was a very unique setup. Um, cause we were technically a land grant university, but we weren't the big one. So in New Mexico, it's NMSU. Right. Um, and I worked for Navajo technical university, which was land granted in cool. 1994 under the tribal university, um, land grant program, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, And so it was very unique um, because NMSU was in the county and they were doing work. And so we were kind of trying to figure out how we were going to fit in. And the extension program was really new, even though they got land grant status in 1994. It was still a really young university then. So we were really only a couple of years old and we were trying to still do a lot of strategic planning in terms of like what the communities needed, what the producers needed and what wasn't being provided by NMSU. And I was kind of like a I was the leader of like a two person team. Right. Yeah. And so I had I had a project portfolio of like seven different projects. Wow. All of which were like kind of massive. And we were working with a lot of different nonprofits and a lot of different uh extension folks both in our county and outside of our county just because we just did not have the personnel. So we were trying to figure out like what needs to happen and if we can't do it, who can? So it was it was a very unique experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well it, but it teaches you a lot I 
I think. And I think like totally. what I, one of the things that I learned the best that I, and, and it's, I, I say this a lot that kind of extension kind of gets in your blood and mm-hmm. y- you get used to that community yeah. education and just being part of the community and you can't get rid of that. Like it's just there yeah. forever. I feel so strongly about extension. I mean, on our podcast, we did a whole episode about extension and like the power of extension. Cause I think it's just such an incredible concept and an incredible tool. And yeah, as like someone being on the other side of that, where you're able to like work with communities and like provide this information and, and like work one-on-one with individual producers or work with classrooms or, you know, work with college students. It's so fun. And it's like, so it just feels so important. Like the work just feels really impactful when you do it, I think. Well, no, it definitely does. And, and so like, I, I even try to bring some of that into my current career. So like, you know, I, managing a greenhouse, there's not really like, they're not making me do outreach. Right. But, but I can't help it. Like, I just, I, I like that and I enjoy it. So, um, you've recently moved back to Texas. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. I finished up my work in New Mexico and now I'm back in central Texas. Okay. What are you doing now? So right now I am at Texas State um, lecturing from them, and I'm also doing a little bit of programmatic work. They needed some website to design work, which I also have the skill to do, and they need some grant work. So I'm kind of collaborating with them um, while I look for something a bit more permanent. Sure. Sure. No, that's cool. And, it, and it's kind of nice, like... Uh, so I grew up here in Lubbock, you know, I've spent most of my life in West Texas or definitely in, in Texas and spent, you know, f- four years of college plus a victory lap in college station. And, you know, that happens, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's always kind of nice. I, I think, you know, okay. I can't say this for everyone, but for me, it was nice to come back home and, and be, yeah. you know, uh, back, back part of the community that I was used to and like working at tech and, and, you know, I, Lubbock is very much Texas tech, right. You know, we have, we have other stuff, but right. if, if tech up and vanished tomorrow, we would take a big hit as a, yeah. as a city. <laughs> and so like, right. uh, getting to be a part of this is really cool. So, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about your podcast because, okay. uh, I, uh, you know, again, some of the stories we're trying to tell through what we're doing here is is we're going to talk to faculty and students and all that. But I'm curious about the people doing the agcom work because, mm-hmm. you know, you do all the research in the world and write papers that two people in the universe can actually read and understand. Um, and then it's up to, I, I think, uh, people like you to get that out in the public and, and um, to where I don't want to say like the the you know, the lay people, the people that are not scientifically geared or in the, in the field can understand it. So where did the idea for this come from? How did this, how did this all start? Right. So we, I have a podcast called one to grow on where our tagline is we're digging into questions about agriculture and trying to understand how food production impacts us and our world. Um, So the show we started about, I don't know, I guess when this is going to air, but about a year ago, uh, October. Um, So in October 2018 is when we started up. Um, The idea actually came like two years before that. And it's something I wanted to do for quite a while. And I was trying to figure out what the right vehicle would be, whether it was going to be videos or whether it was going to be a more casual podcast, which is what we have now, or like a more produced podcast with like narratives and lots of interviews and production. Um, but I was in grad school, so it was like not super possible right. to, yeah, no, for to sure. do a podcast. So once I graduated, um, a few months after that is when we really kind of pushed it out into the world. And I don't know, it's it's something that I think 
I have really wanted to do for a long time because, I mean, number one, I always get the same like four or five questions whenever I go to a party and I say I'm in agriculture. Right. And they're like, oh, is a tomato a fruit or is it a vegetable? <laughs> so is organic agriculture really that much better for me? Should I pay two more dollars for my tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, all these different things. Like, are the bees really dying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the same exact questions. And they're, they're these questions that like are so interesting to answer, I think. And they have like these incredible nuanced answers that tell these fascinating stories and, and, and talk about people who impact every single person. Like if you're talking about if a tomato is a fruit or a vegetable, like you then like have to zoom out and talk about like the whole system of U.S. imports right. and like and like food world trade and like all of this stuff. And so it's just they're just fascinating stories that I think one consumers really want to know like today in 2019 consumers want to be connected to their food system in a way that they haven't for the last like 40 years oh yeah absolutely and that's just increasing day to day um so there's a there's an interest in this knowledge and then second like i feel so strongly about the power of agriculture and the ability for it to impact change globally and the the amount of good that it brings to the world the amount of good that every person who works in agriculture and researches agriculture and grows is doing and and i i feel so strongly about that as just just an idea just as a concept like i love the industry and i really want to share that love and like get other people excited about talking about soil or about talking about bees or like all of these things that seem can seem very technical and in in a lot of ways there can be a lot of gatekeeping around right like we don't we don't really let lay people like into the world of agriculture because no. we think it's kind of complicated and they wouldn't understand right. and you know they would judge us and to some extent like there's a precedent for that like there's a reason why people in agriculture are hesitant about bringing people on the inside because you get these like flashy news pieces where they're like you know being like oh look how horrible these horrible farmers oh are or something gosh, like yeah. that like there's a lot of yeah issues that currently exist and have existed with how agriculture is communicated but i just feel so strongly that it's just such a force for good and i just really wanted to communicate that and like my love for it and get people more excited and interested and connected yeah well for sure and i think that that and i think it is so important i think like uh and i want to come back to the just the relationship between you and your you and your dad on this podcast i love it so it's so it's like it's my favorite thing and but no i think y'all do a great job of that of uh and uh, of taking these concepts and packaging them in a way that's that's funny and exciting and approachable because like you say we do and i think it's it's true in agriculture but maybe it's true in the sciences in general that use the word gatekeeping and i think that's such a perfect word for that where it's like uh, i was listening to and i and i wish now i I could remember who this the the scientist was but um, i was listening to another podcast with a scientist and she pretty much said that we don't like in the sciences, we don't, maybe it's not as true in ag science, but we don't, we don't have a consumable, right? Like we're not, yeah. we're not generating like a, a gizmo or something, not necessarily. Uh, but our stakeholders, especially if we're grant funded through the government, 
are the people, right? Our yeah. taxpayers. Right. But we take all this information. So we're generating knowledge and our product is knowledge and information. And we just kind of hang on to it. And we put it in journals that you've got to pay 40 bucks to read an article and not understand. Right. And so, totally. uh, yeah, I think this whole idea of making science and, and it's led to a lot of problems. Um, the fact that we have not made science approachable, that the, the, uh, non-scientific or non-research masses, um, uh, in some ways think of scientists as another elitist class that it's like, Oh, you don't, you don't care about us. You're just doing your thing, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's caused, I think a lot of mistrust in the sciences and a lot of, um, you know, without getting too political, a lot of uh, uh, looking the other way on a lot of important issues that really could, are, are causing a lot of trouble, you know? Yeah, no doubt. And I, honestly, I think that's where a lot of the issues with agriculture and the general public can come from is because we are not honest and upfront always with like the work that's happening. And it's hard to, to see the good that is happening. Like, you know, I... My degree is in development and I did a lot of work around specifically communicating development work. When I was at grad school, I had a job where I was working for the Horticulture Innovation Lab, which is a USDA or sorry, not a USDA, a USAID program that works on horticultural advances in developing countries. Wow. Um, and a lot of what we were trying to think about is like, how do we communicate this to other people in agriculture? But we were, we were also talking about like, how do you communicate these advances to the lay public? Cause a lot of people in the lay public do not realize that like we are at record lows for the amount of people who are starving to death. And yeah. like, that's all agricultural advances. And there's all these incredible, beautiful great things that are happening in agriculture that are leading to less suffering in the world. Yeah. And they're just not communicated. And so agriculture just gets this bad rap. It's like, oh, it's like causing climate change and oh, it's polluting water and like, oh, it's also feeding you and everyone else on the planet. Oh yeah. Do you wear a shirt? You should yeah. go thank a farmer somewhere. <laughs> I mean, have you, did you eat a sandwich today? Like any, anything that you eat or do or you know, all the stuff in my office, like it, it has a, a basis in, in agricultural science. And, you know, there's this mistrust that all the farmers out there are trying to kill you with your breakfast cereal. And it's, you know, there, there's some things we can certainly do better and be safer about, but you're exactly right that we're not telling the good parts of the story well enough. And so that's, that's exciting. Yeah. And I think that part of it also is that is that there's not a lot of nuance to it. Like that's one of the things that we always try to bring to the podcast is like, yeah, there are some really bad things about this production system. And like, yeah, it has this these issues with pollution and it has these issues with, you know, off gassing. But like, let's think about the farmer who has to make money at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, let's put this in the larger context and maybe talk about the structures or maybe talk about like the policies or the companies who are reinforcing this as you know, something that could be ecologically damaging. Let's talk about the history and why this is happening. And let's not talk about the farmer because it's, it's at the end of the day, it's not the farmer issue. And I have some of my own issues with the like whole think a farmer campaign, but sure. I do very much agree that like there is not enough nuance talked about, especially around farmers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So how did you talk your dad into doing this? <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure if I went to my mom or my dad and I was like, hey, I would really like for you to be on a podcast with me. Uh -huh. They would be like, um, no, I'm retired and I just don't want to do that. So, Well, my dad is cooler than me. <laughs> 
I so mean, it made it a lot cool. easier. He had already done a podcast. He'd actually done two before we started this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he had one that was just like talking. And then he had one that was, he used to be in ebooks when ebooks were like f- first starting out. Yeah. They were the um, thing, right? He was like there the first couple of years doing coding. And so. There was a lot of people who were very excited about this idea of like the ebook and like Kindles were just starting to come out. And so you had all these coders who were like, how do we do this? How do we take like maps and put it on an ebook? Or how do we like do all these different navigation things? You know, what's the best way to do images and captions and like all these different especially around formatting. Like there was a lot of complicated things in ebooks. I don't know a lot about it, but there was like this very excited base of coders who were interested in ebooks. And so my dad and a couple of his coworkers started a podcast talking about like the new frontier of ebooks. Oh, so cool. he had been listening. We he, he, all all of our whole family started listening to podcasts in like 2006, 2005, like a long time ago. And then he started doing podcasts. And so when I came up with this idea, I was actually talking with Catherine, who's our producer and my best friend, about like what we wanted to do. And she was like all gung-ho and she was like, yeah, let's get it done. And I was like, but I need a co-host because Catherine was going to help me like do the back end stuff and do the administrative stuff and the research. And so we were like looking around and we were like brainstorming all these different names. And then I had a phone call with dad where he called me and what was the, I don't even remember what he was asking me. He'd seen something in the grocery store and he was like, what does this mean? You know, what is this label that I'm seeing? Is this anything? Is this just like fake marketing? And so we talked about it for a while and I was like, wait, dad, you know what? What if we did a podcast about these conversations? (laughs) (laughs) And so he was very hesitant and Catherine and I kind of talked to him about it. And it it was, yeah, once once we were all kind of on the same page, we had a lot of hard conversations about like, how are we going to have a working relationship that's going to be separate from our personal relationships? And like, what is it going to look like if we want to dissolve the podcast or someone gets too busy or if someone's not interested in it or... We, we set up a lot of parameters to kind of protect our personal relationships. Sure. And we've been really like I've been so amazed at the other two in terms of like how they've handled it and how they've been able to like talk about conflict. And like it's just been a huge lesson in like learning how to be a good coworker and person. That's when awesome. you have so much yeah at stake. You just like really care about being a good person. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so cool. Well, and, and so uh, for those of you out there listening, and I'm assuming at this point at least one person is listening to this podcast. I may it may just be me. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is uh, this is I, I think this is going to be episode five. I think. Um, so uh, one to grow on is just it's it's very conversational between Hallie and her dad, and uh, they bring some different guests on from time to time. Catherine's been on it, I've been on it, and a few other people. Um, but it's just this funny dynamic of um, uh, Chris Casey not really being initiated in agriculture. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a very like cool, funny microcosm of exactly what we're talking about, of exactly that uh, that issue of. I have no idea what quinoa is or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah. and uh, you get to talk to him about it. And and just his like, uh, I don't know, sometimes he's just incredulous about the stuff you tell him. And I love that so much. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, me too. And it's it's he, he just does such a great job of like mirroring my excitement, even though he doesn't really know anything about the industry. And like, I'll say something and I'll be really excited. And he's like, I don't really know what we're talking about, but you seem excited. So that's great. <laughs> So um, I'm trying to think. So okay, we're we've got just a couple of minutes left. We're trying trying to keep it 
I'm just, I, you know, this is an aside, but I've listened to some podcasts that started out like a reasonable amount of time. And then like after 20 episodes, I'm like, this is two, I'm two hours in. Why am I still listening to this? And so I'm trying to be good about keeping these like on track. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, okay. So you've done, you know, mo- most of the episodes are like you and your dad talking, but you've done a few interviews. If you could pick anyone to interview on your show, who would it be? Like, who's your dream interview? Oh my gosh. I didn't prep you for this question, so I just no, thought I threw it fine. at you. You're fine. I've actually been thinking about this for a while, and I might be able to get her on, but I don't know if you know who Kate Scow is. She's a professor that I met at Davis, and she she's genius. She's so brilliant, but she's also hysterical. Uh-huh. Uh, she's a soil scientist, and she just she just loves soil so much. She actually commissioned a rap song from a group that's from Uganda about like how great soil is. What? <laughs> she's incredible. She's so funny, and I just feel oh like goodness. she would make an incredible guest. She'd be so funny. If I can find that, I'm gonna put it in right here because that's hilarious. <laughs> I can send you the link. Okay, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so future editing Vikram here. Um, so Hallie did send me that file, and I contacted Dr. Scow just to see if she was cool with us using it. She graciously agreed to let me put a clip of the song called Soil is a Living Thing uh, by a Ugandan band named Sky Echoes here in the podcast. Now, it is definitely not here in its entirety because they're working on a video and some other fun stuff for it that uh, will hopefully come out at some point in the future. So um, I wanted to give you just a little bit of a taste, and I'll update you again uh, when that song finally is available to listen to in its entirety. Um, but enjoy. Again, this is Soil is a Living Thing by Sky Echoes. Do you love the soil? Oh, yes, I love the soil. Oh, with all your heart? With all my heart. Oh, that's cool. Do you love it too? Yeah. Soil is a living thing. Give her all she needs. And that's all you get. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. All right, back to the interview. No, that's cool because I think that like, but but that's exactly it, right? Like it's she's brilliant scientist, whatever. But gosh, she's approachable, right? Like she, yeah. Who 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 commissions a rap song about soil? That's the coolest thing. Totally. Yeah. Whenever we're looking for guests, I look for people who are super smart, but also like really passionate and like excited to talk about whatever it is. Like I know some scientists were like, yeah, I do this and they'll talk about it, but they're not super like excited about it. And like that excitement, I feel like is what can bring folks who are not involved in the subject in. And that's like what is exciting to a listener and what's excited to, to everyone. Like I do that. Like if I don't know anything about it, but you're excited to tell me about it, I'll listen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, it's it's infectious. Right. And I think in education like uh, so, you know, part of my job here is I manage our facilities here at the greenhouse classrooms, greenhouses. But I've always felt like it's it's my job to do as good of a job as I can to make things presentable and clean and, you know, pretty and all that. Because if it looks like I don't care about the facilities that the students are coming to learn in, why should they care? Right. Why right. should they be happy about it? Why? Right. Uh, and, and so I think that, yeah, excitement is contagious and uh, passion about education is contagious, too. And so um, that's that's such a big deal. But. Um, so we'll go ahead and start wrapping up. I really appreciate your time and uh, uh, you coming on to chat with me for a little bit. Um, anything you want to plug? Any last minute things that we forgot? I mean, podcast uh, for sure. 
Yeah, no, just just the podcast. If you want to check us out, we're One to Grow On, or you can find us on social media at One to Grow On Pod. Thank you so much for having me on and saying such nice things about this thing that we're working on. It's been a real labor of love, and you've been such a huge support. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely, and 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 no, I really I really think it's just such a cool thing. Hey, thanks for listening to yet another episode of Planthropology. I think this was a great way to kick the year off right. I'll put all the information for Hallie and for One to Grow On in the show notes, as well as a link to Catabolic Conversations and some of the other stuff we talked about. Again, the song Soil is a Living Thing is by Sky Echoes and was commissioned by Dr. Kate Scow. Their information as well will be in the show notes. As always, you can find us as Planthropology on Podchaser, on your favorite app, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Next episode will be two weeks from today with my boss and our department head at the Department of Plant and Soil Sciences here at Texas Tech University, Dr. Glenn Ritchie. So get excited about that. It's a really fun, hilarious episode, and I'm not just saying that because he's my boss and I don't want to get fired. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time. She needs Keep her healthy Soil is a living thing